This is episode 80 of The Popcast. Welcome to The Popcast, a weekly podcast all about pop culture in three regular segments. We're your hosts, Maureen and Josh Goldman. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of The Popcast. Maureen, how are you? Tired. How are you? Also tired. But hey, we are here bringing the listeners a podcast, so we hope you are happy. Maureen, last week we talked about award shows and how their ratings were dipping, and you said, look... In order to properly comment on this, I need to see a spreadsheet. I need to see a, you know, maybe a chart. So I spent all week making a chart. Wow. Over the years. And okay, I didn't really make the chart, but I found a chart. And this is a chart that shows the decline of three award shows. Mm -hmm. We have in this yellow, I'll link this in the show notes in case you want to follow along. In this yellow line here, we have the Academy Awards which dipped from, it looks like a high of maybe like 55 million in 1999. And then we also have on here the Emmy Awards, which is this light blue line. Emmy Awards are sucking. Emmy Awards are down to 6.9 million this year. It looks like a high. But they were always like the lowest. Yeah, but I mean, in the 1980s, it looks like it was almost 40 million. So looking at this, you guys, just to summarize, basically the Academy Awards are still the top dog. And they've had like a sharp decline in past years, but like they're still beating out the Emmys and the Grammys by a lot. So it looks like, according to this chart, the Grammys have only beaten the Oscars in two years or maybe a couple of years. And so, yes, the Oscars have traditionally been the most successful award show, but, you know, all of them are down. And so I think basically what this shows, since this is a podcast and you can't visually see what we're talking about, is that they've just declined over time. And as we talked about last week, a lot of that probably has to do with viewing habits of people who are watching them. You know, I think it could also have to do with streaming and how more people are moving away from. That's right cable and youtube live and all of those things i was just talking to my brother on the phone and they don't have cable or we don't have cable either but we've switched to youtube tv and they don't they have netflix and amazon prime and that's what so they, they pay couldn't for. watch an award they have show an if they antenna wanted to. and they have you know yeah so they have other ways but no it's not something that they're prioritizing and honestly we probably only have youtube tv because of you i like it but i don't i wouldn't pay for it probably <laughs> it's all because of you <laughs> you made us have youtube tv well, okay yes. look you guys jo- we all know josh loves tv and movies but he also managed to get disney plus somehow so that is thanks to one of our listeners and good friends peter Thank we are you, splitting it with you, him. PHO. We're splitting it with him. It's look. To be honest, Disney Plus is not that expensive. You can have several accounts within one, and so if you split it amongst several people, as long as you're not trying to watch on ten devices, I know. At once, I just want. I think like if you went back to, a year. to listen to some podcast episodes, I think I said you cannot spend money on this. It's so twenty dollars a year. You just weaselled it in. <laughs> He's looking at me like <laughs> I weaseled it in. Look, the only reason we have YouTube TV is because I like to watch sports and I can watch I at least half the sports that I like on YouTube TV. Still trying to figure out a baseball solution. If anybody and out there, YouTube TV is a way better solution than cable was. Like it's so much cheaper. Honestly, one of the cool things about YouTube TV is that you can watch back episodes of old shows like you could do on Hulu. I mean, there are commercials, which kind of stinks. But if you miss a show and you say, hey, I want to catch up on that, then you can go to YouTube TV and watch old episodes of things, which is kind of nice of, I think, pretty much any show. We've tried it for a couple of the network shows. Yeah. Here's my thing, which I also just mentioned to my brother on the phone, is that you they force you to watch commercials but it's not normal commercials it's, it's the like same the same ones three commercials over and over and 
Kevin, Kevin said it was kind of nice. It's like, oh, I, I can get up and go to the bathroom or, oh, I can, you know, get a drink of water. As a very pregnant person, I'm pretty sedentary once I sit on the couch or lay down and I'm trapped. I'm trapped like a rat. And it makes me rather not watch something than watch something that has like those horrible three same commercials over and over again. My how far we've come since we were kids and had to watch commercials for everything. Yeah, but we were kids and they were all commercials for toys and it fueled us. That's true. And that's, that, true. that's so sick that like they were targeting us as children. They still target children today. They're still trying to target us just for different ways. You know, now they want us to watch other shows or they want us to buy a car. I'd be curious. How many people buy a car because they saw a commercial on TV? So many car commercials. I bet if you were like in the market for a car, you'd probably lean towards one you saw more or heard about So you'd about buy more. a Lincoln because Matthew McConaughey is schlepping cars? I mean, I wouldn't, but I'm a very different <laughs> kind of consumer. He's gone from like narrating the commercials to the commercials just <laughs> being silent and he just stares longingly out the Lincoln window. <laughs> I really don't understand where they're going with those like, commercials. I'd be like, is this car on sale? <laughs> I'm not sure what's happening there. Well, he might be on his last legs of Lincoln commercials. Maureen, should we jump into our snack bag this week? We only have one topic. And I think this is something that's relevant to both of us. So I want to get your take because I don't know if you've heard this news. But the Friends cast is reuniting for a special. Give me your initial reaction. Excited? Not excited? What? Are you serious? I'm serious. I'm serious. They all pushed out on their Instagram the same picture. They said it's happening. Friends cast is it coming back huge. together. It will be huge. Everyone who doesn't have cable will find a way to get cable. Okay, it's not on cable though. What's it on? It's going to be on HBO Max, which is yet another I, streaming service. Josh, zero money. You're not allowed to split this with anybody. You're not allowed to have it. So the interesting thing about HBO. <laughs> He's ignoring me. He's ignoring me. Look at him. He's like, no. Look at him. They can't see me. Well, I, I'm painting a picture with my words. Okay. So HBO Max is another streaming service, and the big draw for HBO Max is going to be that they're going to have every season of Friends, because it's still on Netflix now, but it will be moving off of the service, I believe, Just at the end of this the year. Just buy the DVDs, people. I mean, we have all of them, so we don't need this. The thing about this reunion that I did, I, I sort of buried the lead. It's not a scripted reunion. No. They're basically coming back together. They're going to sit in Central Perk, the set, and they're going to talk about their time on the show oh for an hour. Oh, my God. And so they're not even going to be there. They're not even going to be acting. No, they're, they're not acting. Be, and get we're this. We're zero percent watching. Get us. this. It's going to cost the network or whoever's paying for this. Each of the six people is going to get two and a half million dollars for an hour long sit down interview. I cannot think of anything dumber. And the fact that people are excited about this, I, I don't understand. If you were excited, excited about this, when I thought it was an episode. Yeah, because like, that, that would they be were interesting. all like getting back together and you find out where they are in their lives now and you see like the baby grown up and didn't Monica and Chandler yeah. adopt at the yeah, end yeah, yeah. and like I mean honestly this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard people who are excited about this, if you're excited about this please tell me why because I don't understand they're just going to go onto the set they're going to phone it in for an hour they're going to collect their paycheck and they're going to go along their way what, like is this hard to get them together I don't understand what the big deal about this is I think they don't get together in public ways Right, but but you're not excited about this either. So are we no, missing I, something? I was really excited because when you told me, I thought it was going to be like a continuation of the story, and so now I'm just bummed because it seems like it's not a it's not a like sequel. It's just a like let's talk about it. That's right. That's what it's. But they're going to be on the set. I think that's the big deal. They're all going back to Los Angeles. They're going to sit in Central Park. They all live in Los Angeles. They don't- <laughs> They're going back anywhere. They're driving for 30 minutes. Look, I didn't make the rules here. I'm just telling you what it is. I'm most upset because it's going to be kind of sad, I think, to like see them all looking old. Everyone, I think, looks pretty good still, but 
Courtney Cox, Arquette, <laughs> well, had her look, surgery. Not and... Arquette. She's done with Arquette. Okay, back to Cox. Courtney Cox. Look, we saw, you know, we talked about uh, Joey Tribbiani last week, Matt LeBlanc, in our in our episode about the TV show episodes. Which he we still... watched another one of you guys. Yeah, we're going to have Bad. to say uh, we would not recommend it. Got it got worse. If, if you have watched the whole show and it gets significantly better, let us know. But no, I don't think no we'll be... There's no way it could get con- better. I don't think we'll be continuing. It just is a little uh, unfocused at this point. Okay, so we're not excited about this. I'm not even, like, originally I was like, look, maybe we'll consider a free trial to watch this special, which I think you would have considered a free trial if it was a scripted special. I feel like you did a free trial of something recently and we still have it. No, I did. One time I did a free trial of Hulu, accidentally kept it for 12 months, and then realized I had another subscription to Hulu at the same time. I don't. I don't claim that was a good decision. All right, Maureen, should we move on to our premiere topic? This is going to be a fun one this week. I was going to wait for you to answer because sometimes I just keep barreling through. (laughs) So let me try again. Okay. Yes, you are ready. All right. This week, we are doing another first time, Josh's first time. And this week, we are doing Josh's first time watching Downton Abbey. Today, we're talking about the film Downton Abbey, which was written by Julian Fellows and a sequel to the hit show of the same name. The movie reunites all of the main stars from the show, and I read online the movie had a budget of somewhere between 13 and $20 million and made almost $200 million at the box office. So this first time is a little unique because neither Maureen or I had actually seen the movie before, but Maureen had watched the entire series, the TV show, so she had a very deep knowledge of the Downton Abbey family before we watched the movie. I had zero knowledge. I've never seen an episode of the show. I might have seen you know, like a clip here and there when she was watching it, but I'd never seen it. So I said, you know, Maureen, what do you want to watch on Friday night? She said, can we watch the Downton Abbey movie? I said, I don't know about that. Then I surprised her. I brought the DVD home. I rented it at Redbox. And she was like, oh, you didn't have to do that. And I was like, okay, I'm excited. I think, Maureen, would you say- <laughs> that was literally all of our conversation on Friday night. I, I just wanted people to you live in our minds for it. So I think initially you thought I was going to fall asleep during the movie. Yeah, I was surprised that Josh- stayed awake the whole time i was also surprised on how much he picked up on yeah okay so we'll kick this off with me giving my first time take since i had no knowledge of downton abbey before and i'll talk mostly about the characters which i imagine was the crux of the show it's not like there were big set action pieces in the show i don't think is that right i mean it's not like it's not like a yeah there's no cars well (laughs) there was some car scenes but no it's mostly about the people okay opulence and the costumes right so we'll talk about the movie together but let me give my first time take on sort of the characters and the world of Downton Abbey so first of all I couldn't really tell when this was set I think it was set after World War II is that right after World War One after World War One oh my gosh I was so off so I guess there were cars and there were planes they talked about planes (laughs) like there was some technology there was electricity in the house is that right? No? Were there just remember. candles? I don't I know. I okay. have no idea. Well, no, I think there was electricity. So it was after World War One, before World War Two, right? I believe so. Okay. So I thought the characters were interesting. I think that basically, if you've never seen Downton Abbey, what I've been told and what I gathered from the movie is that it's really about the divide between people who live upstairs, which is like the wealthy people who live in this estate, Downton Abbey, and then the people who work downstairs, like their servants. So the, the cooks and chauffeurs and what are they what are some of the other like valet the valets the footman. what is that what is a valet they said valet a couple times during the movie and i was like are they just saying valet but not saying it no it's like the a footman is that a thing a footman, a footman yeah yes. so there's people who serve the food there's people who like take care like the ladies maids there's people who take care of each of the rich people who live upstairs like doing their laundry and helping them dress and undress and like 
brushing their hair and you know got it so it's a it's really a uh, the show is about the divide between the wealthy and the the servants and i don't mean a divide in like they're always competing against each other but it's just sort of showing their different lifestyles is that an accurate description of sort of what the show is yeah and i guess what i picked up from from the movie is that you know, the movie was a sequel to the show, and it sounds like part of the movie's plot was that some of the people upstairs, the wealthy family that lives there, is sort of thinking, especially the younger people, there's a character named Mary, and she's sort of saying, like, do we should we really live here anymore? Should we keep living this opulent, extravagant lifestyle, or should we move? Should we sell this? Should we move somewhere else? And I guess part of it is that the idea that are these characters still living in the world that you know, is around them or are they starting or are they sort of trying to hold on to the past? Is that something else that was covered in the show or is that more a movie thing? No, it's covered in the show. I mean, it's basically like as time progresses, it's becoming less and less aristocratic and more, you know, like this is set still when there's like a very strong caste system. Like if you were a servant, you couldn't possibly marry someone in the main house kind of thing. Except that, that happened that during the show, didn't it? to happen, yes. Okay. But it's always like this big, huge headache. Like when Sybil married Tom, who was the chauffeur, it was like they were going to run away together. It's like, you know, it becomes this kind of like embarrassment thing. Like people having children out of wedlock has to be hidden. Like it's before like things outside of the family and the class system were accepted. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the movie specifically. What did you think of the movie as someone who had watched the entire series of the show? I will say from my perspective that I liked the movie, but I wasn't as connected to any of the characters because I literally had no idea what their backstory was, other than the fact that I did know you know, some of the characters had gone through some tragedy and some of the characters had, you know, done X, Y, or Z, but I, I didn't know anything specifically. So what did you think? Yeah, <sighs> Here's the thing. I really liked the show. The movie really just felt like a fan tribute to the show. I don't think the movie was great on its own. Could you could you have seen this being like a two-part special episode that aired on TV? Like there was no yeah. need for this to be a movie in theaters. No, but I mean they they were doing that because it has such a large fan base. I mean, and it made a lot of money. Yeah, it made a lot of money. And it it was delightful. It was delightfully done. But the show gave you time to really connect to the characters and there was a lot of dramatic moments and a lot of like subplots and they would follow one thing and then that would resolve and another thing would come up and it was long enough and drawn out enough that it didn't feel rushed and this movie felt like oh my gosh we have an hour and a half to touch on everyone and do a little update about their lives and give the fans a taste of who their my their favorite might be and that didn't like resonate with me. Did you get a sense of how long after the show ended that this story took place? Did it seem like it, it was like months? With it, was it years? The kid, it's at least a couple years because okay. the kids are older, but not like, I mean, it was like five years. So maybe? enough time had passed that you would be interested to see where some of the people were in their lives. Yeah, but I don't really think they like gave us that huge update. It seemed like nothing really had changed that much. So everything was as status quo at Downton Abbey. Kind of. I mean, like Mary, like everyone's still married and happy. It seemed like not that many things had gone differently. Also, I looked up the time period. So the series is set in the fictional Yorkshire country estate of Downton Abbey between 1912 and 1926. Um, and they are in the post-Edwardian era. So this all happens before the Great Depression. So I wonder if the movie was supposed to take place. They didn't address that at all if it was. Yeah, it must have taken place before then. Because I have to imagine that, you know, Europe was, I know that Europe was affected by the Great Depression. So I wonder. It says the final episode of Downton Abbey was set at New Year's Eve 1925. 
Okay, yeah, that was several years before the Great Depression. Anyway, so I think we both liked the movie. I think you probably liked it a little bit more just because you had no, a... No, I think I probably liked it a little bit less. What? I just thought you it liked was it kind less? of like lukewarm. It was kind of like you didn't really need this. You didn't get any new information. And I will say the one major plot point about like the king and queen visiting was super annoying. Like so it yeah, was that just, was the main, so the main plot of the movie. They were just looking for something to tie drama together and it wasn't strong enough in my opinion. Right, so the main through line of this of this movie, this two hour movie, was that the king and queen of England were working their way through the countryside and they were going to stay for one night at Downton Abbey. And so all of the servants were preparing and all of the you know wealthy people who lived upstairs were preparing as well. And so that was sort of the main through line of the whole, you know, they were preparing and then the king and queen came. And, and it was like a left. battle of the servants, like the king servants and the Downton servants. Like, okay, I, I just looked up when the movie, the film is set in 1927. Okay, so still before the Great Depression. So I, only like a year and a half has passed. Right, it's okay. It's like summer of 1927. Okay, so I'd be curious to know if, you know, if the Great Depression affected things worldwide, what this would be like after, you know, like what these kind of estates in England, what happened to them after, you know, the Great Depression came? I think it's also worth noting, because we were just talking about the Friends reunion. This to me was more of like just a reunion. Like the big coup here was that the whole cast came back together and it was like all the original people and they were all so excited. You know, they did, had some talkbacks, special features on the DVD. Like, I think it was more of the fact that like Downton Abbey was something that like developed this cult following and the actors and actresses were really excited to come together again and like get to put on the fancy clothes and or the servants costumes and get to like bring these characters to life again so i don't think like the movie itself does not have value to me based on the plot or like really anything other than oh i can see these characters again and find out a little bit more about what happened to them so who is your mvp of the movie who or what makes this movie great the movie's not great. Okay. Well, I don't know what I don't know what to tell you. I don't nothing, want to oversell there's it. There's nothing good. You can't pick an MVP of the movie. It's not terrible. No, it's not terrible. We picked an MVP for Clueless, and I thought that movie wasn't very good. I'll give mine, and then you can give yours. All right, so there's two characters, and, and funny enough, the two characters that I liked the most were from the quote-unquote downstairs people, but one of them is a character named Mrs. Bates, who is a really, really funny character, at least in the movie. She was, she was sort of like the ringleader for the servants sort of rebelling downstairs this is anna for everybody who oh is that her name her name anna? is anna so she gets married at the very end and that's when they start calling I her see. mrs bates but I she's see. like anna the whole anna. time so if you're familiar with the, the tv show anna i thought she was great she's one of the ladies memes. and then the butler or the main butler uh carson mm -hmm. he was great and he's, he's such a resonant deep british voice that's just so awesome so i really like them i mean look i will also say the movie is really beautifully shot. It's like this old English countryside. It's really beautiful to watch. The acting is good all around. The music is good. You know, we'll talk about our least valuable player or who or what brings it down in a second. But, you know, the, all of those things were good. Yeah. And it's the costumes. I mean, like, it's beautiful. Um, I really liked in this movie Edith. I think Edith is really annoying and maudlin in the series. Okay, you got to give me who the is The sister Edith? who's oh, yeah, potentially... Yeah, yeah pregnant yeah um Spoiler. she's like really happy in this one and it was just yeah nice i actually to see liked her. her a lot too yeah she she's wasn't like great a in total the... debbie downer for uh, like most of the series well it's nice she got something new to do yeah it was really nice yeah. mary still annoyed me because she's just always kind of like rude and entitled but 
but that's just her character. Like she's just a little harder around the edges. I also really liked Thomas's plot line. So he is the, after Carson retired, he's the new butler. He was always kind of like portrayed as the bad guy, the villain, the like. That's the name Thomas? I thought Thomas was the chauffeur who married into the family. Mm. That's Tom. Wait, are they different? Oh gosh, too many characters. Hold I'm on. talking about the. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think his name is Thomas. Uh, hold on. I'm looking up. Okay. Oh yeah, Thomas. But there's another. Oh, there's Tom and Thomas. Okay. You can keep going. <laughs> Okay, so apparently, I hope so you many leave that in because that was really cute. <laughs> so many characters. There is someone named Thomas who, yeah, as Maureen he said, takes is over the new as butler, butler, and he kind of has a redemption moment at the end of the series. And it was just nice. His character is gay, and there's obviously not a lot of acceptance of that in this particular time period, which they address. But I just thought he had like a really nice little subplot, and he also didn't see a lot of like happiness in the series. So it was just nice to see him happy okay least valuable player who or what brings it down i'll kick this off by saying there are just too many storylines in this movie it's like there's they as maureen said they try to give every character like a little something to do so you can sort of touch base with them but for someone who'd never seen the show before i was like what is going on there are just so many little random storylines for example there's like this random character who comes along and he's going to try to assassinate the king and this happens about halfway through the movie or maybe a little bit before halfway. You know that the, he's not going to assassinate the king. There's and that's that leads to the other problem. There's no dramatic tension in this movie at all. It's like you never really think that things are going to go wrong. Am yeah. I overstating that? No, the plot is really weak. It's really weak. The king and the queen were my le- least valuable players because I'm like, who are you? And they don't even seem like super Royal. regal. I thought yeah. the exact same thing. <laughs> I was they like, came there. You could be anyone. They came there. The guy looks like Santa Claus. First of all, Santa Claus, King Santa Claus comes in. The queen just looks like anybody off the street. It was so weird. Yeah, it wasn't. It was weird. Okay, Maureen, did you have any nitpicks from the movie? And you might have more nitpicks than me, if any, because you watched the show. Was there anything in the movie that stood out like this is totally tonally different than what the show portrayed? No, I mean, I think they were really consistent. I also have not watched it since it ended in 2015. Yeah, so it's been a couple years. Yeah, I didn't do any like refreshers or anything. So it's not like I'm like, oh, that detail was different. So no, I don't have. I have two nitpicks. Okay. One is small. And that nitpick is the, the the clothes that the people wear. I don't understand what the what the uh, what the protocol is because sometimes they're wearing tuxedos and they're just sipping tea, and then other times they're greeting the king and queen and they're in just a regular old suit. So what's going on there? Well, I think that there's different. We should ask your sister as a costumer and expert. But I think there's different. Like they talk a lot in the series about you know like certain things are black tie and certain things are white tie. Yeah, you know, tea. It's got to be black tie. But meeting the king of England, <laughs> no way. So I don't know. I don't know the difference between all two. So it could have been that they were wearing tails or they were wearing you know whatever. But it's like very proper. And there's like certain things you have to wear at certain. Times. I mean, I understood why the servants were always dressed up when they were serving people or whatever. That made sense. But but the wealthy people. Their costumes sometimes, you know, they were just eating a regular steak dinner and they were fully dressed up. You I'd have in, to get dressed up for dinner. I'd be in my pajamas. <laughs> I'd be in Downton Abbey in my pajamas. You'd be kicked out. All right. My other nitpick is, you already mentioned this, but the the main plot line in the movie where the downstairs group is trying to usurp the power from the king and queen's personal chefs and staff, so that the downstairs so group dumb. from Downton Abbey, that, that storyline was way over the top. It just It just felt like... You know, everything else felt a little bit grounded in reality of the time, 
but the idea that these servants would try to overthrow the king and queen's people and hope to get away with it was just really silly. For the sole purpose of being able to serve the king and queen, it was kind of dumb. So they could have done away with that. All right, Maureen, if someone has never seen this movie, would you recommend it? No, I would recommend that you watch the series. And then if they watch the series... Then watch the movie. Yeah, you'll love it. It's like candy. I will say... I have also watched a sequel movie recently, and I watched the Breaking Bad movie that came out earlier or last year, and Zach and I talked about it on this podcast, and I actually thought this movie as a sequel movie to a show was better than the Breaking Bad movie. Why? I just felt like this one was more fun. I think, to your point, like the fan service was not hidden, and that's okay. Like That's what this was for, and... I think they made a really smart decision by putting it in theaters because they made a lot of money. Yeah. The Breaking Bad movie was on Netflix and they would have made a lot of money had it been in theaters. I mean, maybe Netflix got a bunch of subscribers for it, but I don't know. So I would recommend this movie. It's not something that you'll totally get full enjoyment out of if you can't ask someone who's watched the show questions like I did with Maureen. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm glad, honey. Thanks for letting me watch it with you. All right, Maureen. Next week's premiere topic, we're going to do another Wodo another wheel of disney original movie watchings because this time of year there's not a lot of pop culture stuff happening and so this is kind of fun we haven't done one of these in a while all right so i'm gonna pull the wheel up here we have six movies on there we're gonna spin the wheel now and then we are gonna watch that movie this week on the wheel we have johnny tsunami we have smart house we have quince we have the color of friendship we have brink and we have Luck of the Irish. Mm, nice pull for March. Yeah, it's, March is coming up. All right, you ready to hear the spin? Yes. Okay, here we go. Oh, boy, Maureen. Are you ready? It is Quince. I don't know what this one is. I've never You've seen never it. You've never seen Quince? No. I had the dolls Quince when, when I was little. Quince is about the girl whose mom has five babies, and she has to help take care of the babies. Nope, never saw it. Well, this will be interesting. So we're going to watch Quince this week, and that'll be our premiere topic next week. Maureen, do you have a teaser for this week? Yes, I do. What is your teaser? My teaser is uh, a show on TV that we have recently started watching, albeit with commercials, but now we're going to start recording it so I can fast forward them. Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist is a show about a girl and it involves musical numbers and she can hear them. And Josh made a good point that he's pretty sure this show is going to get canceled. But for right now, if you like singing or musicals of any kind it's very entertaining and we should say they're they're singing popular music they're not singing like like musical theater songs yeah there's a lot of there's people in the cast from glee and pitch perfect if that tells you anything yeah so the basic premise of the show is that she has some sort of episode during an earthquake and then she can hear people's inner thoughts through song and they're singing popular songs what i will say about the show and the reason i think it's going to get canceled is because it has really low ratings but i have to imagine it's really expensive to produce because they have to license all of these songs to perform them and that can get expensive over time they were singing really famous songs so it'll be interesting to see how long it goes maybe an entire first season but i don't know it's interesting i like it as well my teaser for this week is a movie that we watched last night so we we really were on the movie train this weekend we watched jojo rabbit and it was the last Oscar-nominated movie that I hadn't seen any of. We never finished The Irishman, and I will at some point, I'm sure. Nah. 
Maureen's not going to finish it with me. I'll finish it at some point. But Jojo Rabbit was the one I had seen none of. And I really liked it. It's really well done. It's um, And it's an uplifting movie, which is kind of a weird thing to say about a movie about a kid whose imaginary friend is Adolf Hitler. I really liked it too, you guys. And I really didn't think I would. But after Josh watched Downton Abbey with me, I was like, absolutely, I'll watch whatever you want. I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, and and the director and star and writer Taika Waititi, he won an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay for this movie. He calls the movie an anti-hate satire. So I won't say any more about the movie. You should just go out and watch it. You can rent it at Redbox, which is what we did, or, you know, rent it on, you know, your streaming app of choice. But we would definitely recommend it. All right, Maureen, thanks for another great episode. We'll be back next week with our Wheel of Disney original Wodo We're talking about Quince. Talk to you then. You can leave us feedback, comments, or questions on each episode by going to vernacularpodcast.com slash poppedcast. We would love to hear from you. You can also reach us by emailing thepoppedcast at vernacularpodcast.com. Please also subscribe, rate, and review our show on your podcast app of choice so you don't miss an episode. We'll be back next week, as always, sitting in our basement with a brand new episode. Talk to you then. Bye, everybody. Bye. Maureen is glaring at me. I, this was a mistake. The The short version was I wanted to watch a documentary that was on Hulu. I got the, you know, the free trial, forgot to cancel it. We ended up having two Hulu subscriptions for a while. That I knew not about. She knew about neither of them. Okay, let's was get it off on of your our, credit card. I don't know. Why couldn't I see this? I like monitor what we spend money this on. This is getting cut out okay. of the podcast.